0: There have been 119 undisputed UFC championship reigns since the promotion started handing out divisional titles in 1997, and while they're all significant, they certainly don't all hold the same importance to the UFC, their division, or the sport itself. Some gave their division legitimacy, some helped mold MMA, and some made the UFC what it is today. So let's talk about the most important UFC champions in every division. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, a massive thank you to our biggest supporters in our Hall of Famers, let's start at the bottom and work our way up with straw weight. a women's division smaller than the smallest men's weight class to the most casual of MMA fans was not going to be easy in 2015. How does any of this stuff happen that we've done in the last 13 years? This is what we do. Even with an entire season of Tough introducing it. Enter Ioana Trailblazer just three months into 115's existence in the promotion. She had everything. She talked badass. I, I think I, I break her, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm... Really nice, you know, but not <laughs> not in the in the cage. She fought badass. She won badass. It cannot be said enough how vital her five defenses were to establishing that division and turning it into one of the hottest in the whole promotion. Yuliana check, ladies and gentlemen. Pat Berry said to a woman from my team that she's a bitch. Boogie woman is coming tomorrow, and she doesn't know what's coming. Boogie Rose Namajunas' huge star turn was precisely because she beat Ioana. You keep talking to her, what are you saying to her? I'm just saying of Lord's Prayer. Well, good luck to you, Rose, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you very much. And so, while she and Zhang Wei Li... Shut up. <laughs> who had the greatest fight in the women's division's history with Ioana, are important and influential, it is Yen Jacek all the way here. Women's flyweight. It's Valentina. Yeah, I mean, of course it's her, right? But just like Ioana, her reign was so vital to establishing this division, especially after the disaster that was its start with poor Nico Montano. She has one thing repeatedly she said in the lead-up, is that she doubts whether you'll show up on Saturday. Where do you feel like that's coming from? She lives in La La Land? <laughs> I don't know, she's... Or wake up brain. (laughs) You know, I'm very frustrated and and of course I'm very upset. Uh, She was trying to avoid this fight for several times. I think it was her plan from very beginning and in very last moment to try to find the reason to avoid this fight and she did The Bullet laid the groundwork for a much needed division that bridged the gap between strawweight and bantamweight and because of her it will now thrive even if she never gains the title back from Alexa Grosso who herself could end up being hugely influential as well regardless well done Val men's flyweight another pretty easy choice here demetrius johnson the winningest champion in ufc history but he's not the only one deserving of mention here now it is true that if that man didn't hold on to the title as long as he did we might not even have a flyweight division anymore. It's, it's all the gold. It's very heavy. It, it, it's, the gold comes from the mountain of the Himalayas. Uh, Dana White found it himself with his bare hands, and uh, he crafted this nice <laughs> gold belt for me. It felt like there were constant threats that the whole thing was going to get axed. It is murky. It is murky right now. Um and we'll just see how this thing plays out. But his greatness allowed Flyweight to blossom as a division when it was not going to be an easy sell with guys 125 pounds. After his work was done though, Triple C then carried the torch and by becoming double champ, helped raise the profile of the division even more. When he left, it looked like 125 might be doomed again, but luckily Figgy and Moreno's rivalry came around and ensured that Flyweight will be healthy for years to come. But even with all those champions' amazing contributions, of course it's Mighty Mouse. Women? bantamweight. She's not just the most important champion in the division's history, Ronda Rousey is one of the most important champions in the history of the sport. Ronda Rousey is a fucking megastar. The girl is a rock star. Despite her bad reputation with a lot of fans now, you see what I did there, her walkout music? Nerd. It cannot be stated enough just how vital she was to women's MMA, accelerating it forward by decades in just a thousand days. Of course, Nunez and her GOAT status cannot be ignored, her continued greatness cemented the division's importance. And Holly Holm and Misha Tate also deserve mentions here, as they were the transition between the division's two best, and did so with two of the greatest moments that 135 has ever had. But no question, Ronda is number one here. In fact, you could argue that no one champion on this list made a larger single impact on the sport itself than she did. Men's Bantamweight. Ah, there's a little snake in the grass right there. Hey, little boy. While the contributions of lovable underdog turned hateable snake TJ Dillashaw and to a lesser extent Henry Cejudo, who took a double champ detour at 135, can't be ignored here, you have to remember that at the time of the division's introduction in 2010 after the WEC merger, the smallest weight class that had prior existed was 20 pounds heavier And so, as with all these other smaller divisions we've discussed, they needed a strong established champion, and luckily 135 had that in Dominic Cruz, who came into the promotion with the title carried over from the WEC. Are you really injured? (laughs) With one leg or two, it wouldn't really make a difference to handle you, Ariel. Despite having multiple career-ending injuries that only allowed him two title defenses during his over 1,100-day reign... What was your initial injury? Uh, ACL-MCL. Guy went for a grappling transition, sagged on my hip weird, and just blew my knee out. A crappy takedown. How, how did you blow out the second one? I made a cut, like a turn, and it just popped. I get through my second ACL reconstruction on the same knee. And that was when I hit like a real bad rock bottom on that one. Then I blow my quad out. I tore the, the muscle, the quad muscle off the bone. So it, like, separated from the bone. Dom and his incredible talent loomed large over the division all the way up to his return to gold in 2016. And while it's not clear where Aljo's legacy will lie in time, what is certain is that right now men's bantamweight belongs to Dominic Cruz, and the legitimacy he brought to 135 cannot be understated. Women's featherweight. You're probably thinking I'm going to say Amanda Nunes, and while, yes, she has clearly earned her spot as the greatest of all time, the most important champion of that division has to be Chris Cyborg, its very existence, which is now in jeopardy following Nunez's retirement, came about solely for Chris. She is the reason the division has held any weight in the sport anyway outside of the UFC, because the best fighter in the world was competing there, and that was Cyborg. Given the clusterfuck that was GDR being stripped after being crowned the first featherweight champ, Chris finally competing for and earning that gold instantly made this division worth having, making the eventual matchup with Nunes a massive moment in the sport. There's only one thing to say. This belt is going to switch hands tomorrow. Be ready, guys. Be ready. I'm born for this, and I'm here for tomorrow. It's not entirely clear where Cyborg's legacy will lie in the sport overall, some 10 to 15 years from now. But her dominance at 145 and the legitimizing of this division will certainly be a part of it. Men's featherweight 145 is a tough one because Conor McGregor elevated featherweight to heights that it had never seen before. Despite Jose Aldo's greatness, cards he headlined or served as the co-main event on simply did not sell well at all. Only McGregor was able to skyrocket Featherweight into a marquee division in the UFC. And then there's someone like Volk, who could very well end up being the greatest the division has ever seen. Is it crazy to think that any second he could just kill us? Yes, I've been thinking about it the whole time. If you were to kill us right now, how would you do it? Strangle. You also can't discount Uriah Faber's history in the WEC prior, as those divisions are basically the same thing. His popularity was important to 145 during that time. And he runs into Uriah Faber, Chad Mendes' his teammate. They go right at it, and you can see Ryan Faber's like, confused. But it still has to be the king of Rio, Jose Aldo. His legacy defined the division, and truly gave McGregor something massive to accomplish. Without Aldo, the prestige of that moment simply does not exist, and so while others have contributed a lot, Jose is the most important champion 145 has ever had. Lightweight. Another division with many contributors, but a clearly most important champion. It's hard to talk 155 without again mentioning Conor, serving much in the same... Role Aldo did for him by helping to elevate Habib Nurmagomedov's title reign and the significance of the division in turn. These guys guy come to promote his whiskey, but we come to change his face. But this is two different. But... And while Habib's legacy is of note, so is Charles Oliveira, who has made a significant impact recently and could potentially do more. Islam's legacy is yet to be seen, and of course there were many other champions, but there is no question the most vital was BJ Penn. You have to remember that following Jens Pulver's stripping the bell would remain vacant for over four years. Ironically because Penn and Kyle Uno fought to a draw before the title was put on the shelf, but it was basically a dead division, and then when they tried to revive it, it immediately hit disaster in champ Sean Shirk and Hermes Franca, both failing drug tests post-title fight on his first defense. But then Penn swept in and legitimized 155, became arguably its greatest ever champion, and set the course going forward that Lightweight would be a premier division which it remains. There probably isn't any of the names we've spoken about prior in the smaller divisions without BJ Penn's popularity, welterweight. What I love about this division is how everyone builds on each other. The future at 170 is looking bright with Leon Edwards at the helm. Of course, his reign being boosted massively by dethroning arguably the second best welterweight of all time in Kamaru Usman, who himself has kept 170 a premier division. And he, of course, took the title from Tyron Woodley, whose legacy will sadly remain vastly underappreciated despite his position as the first stable champion after George St. Pierre, and one of the best. And while GSP deserves the title of most important welterweight champion of all time, and that is what we are giving him, it has to be said that like everyone else I just named, he was greatly elevated by beating his legendary predecessor, Matt Hughes. If you look at 170 before Hughes, the division's history lie in the dark ages with no guarantee that it would become what it did. Matt made 170 a big deal, and because he was one of the greatest champions the sport had ever seen... ...the most champion the U.S. has... He's defended title, um, four times. He's the best. GSP taking that spot was so much more than it could have been. After that, St. Pierre carved his own legacy. I can promise my friend that in every single of my next fight, they will see the best George Champion, the the most well-prepared George Champion I can be. And made the title one of the most prestigious in the sport while elevating not just the division, but what it meant to be a professional fighter and star attraction. We'd never seen anything like GSP in MMA. He is still very much the blueprint in terms of outside the cage presence and credibility, and he is without a doubt the most important welterweight ever. Middleweight. Another division with an obvious top guy, but vital contributors. Rich Franklin and Israel Adesanya are important to 185 pounds, for very similar reasons despite at first glance it not appearing so. Now, I don't mean in terms of success. Rich ran into a brick wall in Anderson Silva after two defenses, while Adesanya's status may eventually surpass the Spider. But what they have in common is helping greatly establish the division to different audiences in different eras. Franklin during the Tough Boom, and Izzy in the Modern Era. Rich seemed like the professional athletes we see outside of cage fighting. He carried himself in a way that immediately lent legitimacy to the sport during an era when the perception from the outside Outside public wasn't exactly positive mr Franklin and looking at your resume boy you you are in a brutal business um, you knocked some guy out for 20 minutes people thought he might have been dead why is it worth it to you to do it is it money first of all bill I used to be a high school teacher and it, it, I gave up a career as a teacher to pursue something that I had as a dream as a child, and that is to be a professional athlete. You know, I I would uh, rather be doing this than working in a chemical plant and have to worry about uh, getting cancer of the lungs from breathing in fumes all day long. All right, gentlemen, we appreciate you coming on. And so his brief reign helped to elevate Silva's victory over him. For Adesanya, he's brought in so many younger fans. I feel like for those in their late teens and early 20s, he is Anderson Silva, and his reign is likely to inspire a whole generation of fighters and fans that are just getting Getting into mixed martial arts. But of course, the most important middleweight champion ever is Anderson Silva. He is the closest equivalent in MMA to Michael Jordan. And I mean that as in the awe that he inspired, Silva could do things that didn't seem possible. He captured the imagination in truly inspiring ways, simply through his performances in the cage. And he really boosted the sports profile with his greatness, let alone 185. Few have ever felt like a bigger deal than Anderson Silva, light heavyweight. Now you'd probably think, oh, it has to be John Jones. But when you think about it, yes, JBJ is probably the best fighter of all time. Without question, he is the greatest this division has ever had, and in a lot of ways, he did elevate the sport and the division much as I described Anderson Silva. But there is of course a lot of baggage there, and you're also talking about one of the most established and popular divisions the UFC has ever had, and that was long prior to him even getting into the sport. So while yes, he is important to its legacy, so is Daniel Cormier for re-establishing it after the mess that Jones Left and then earning that second title. So is Randy Couture for being this inspiring and ideal figure that MMA really needed in the early 2000s. Uh, does anybody have the Advil? So is Tito Ortiz. He was the first idea of a modern U.S. MMA star. He was so important to the light heavyweight division and the UFC overall. But for all that each of these champions contributed, none of them did more than Chuck Liddell. If the UFC were a person, it would be Chuck Liddell. If the UFC had a mascot, it would be Chuck Liddell. And somebody actually actually. actually did that. There was a Chuck Liddell mascot for a while. He just embodies the promotion, especially in that era, and his title reign was so important having come around during the tough boom to just skyrocket MMA in the United States. You, what are you doing here? Chuck. Chuck Liddell and his popularity were vital components to the UFC becoming the powerhouse brand that it is today, and so while 205 has had many great and important champions, none of them can match the Iceman. Heavyweight. Maybe it's because it's the longest standing division in the UFC, or maybe it's because for the first 19 years of its existence, the longest reigning champion only held two defenses, but it's really hard to pin down the most important heavyweight title holder. If you go back to the beginning Maurice Smith's cross-training and beating Mark Coleman was a big deal. Of course, Randy Couture for the same reasons I talked about with his importance at 205, and even more so when you consider his latter title reign. Frank Mir looked to be the future of the sport, so did Andre Arlovsky for a brief moment. Team House, my Brock Lesnar's star burned very briefly, but was about as bright as any fighter in history. There's no doubt he brought more eyes to the sport than any other heavyweight, and so if you wanted to say that makes him the most important, I wouldn't fight you over it. But it's not as if heavyweight wasn't already established. If anything, there was concern about what it meant that Brock could just waltz in and take everything. His successor, Cain Velasquez's reign felt hugely significant, and like he'd ushered in a new prestige era for the division, DC, as I mentioned earlier. Him becoming double champ in those bigger weight classes? That was massive, and his star certainly felt like it helped elevate the sport. Francis Ngannou, while again, a brief time at the top, is leaving maybe one of the most important champions ever for the fighters themselves. But of everyone, it's hard not to look to Stipe Miacic. His collective 1,372 days between his two reigns is the longest of anyone. He of course also has the most defenses and the most consecutively. If we were talking about the whole sport, it would definitely be Fedor, but for the UFC, to me, Miocic stands out, not only for his greatness, but the way he carried himself as a champion. I mean, talk about a story that the mainstream latched onto, here's a normal guy from Ohio that works at a fire station when he's not the baddest man in the world. While there are many at heavyweight deserving, it is hard to argue that Stipe isn't the most. The editor of this video, Luke Taylor, is also hugely deserving of a follow on his Social media, And do the same for Benny Rosette, the guy has been making the soundtrack here for years. The biggest of thank yous though, go to our channel Champions for all their support. If you love On Point and want even more exclusive content, or want to have a voice in the creation process for our videos, consider becoming a member by clicking the join button below the video. If not, that's alright, liking and subscribing would sure be pretty awesome to me. Who do you think is the most important champion to each division? Sound off in the comments below, this one should be a lively discussion for a few of these weight classes. Thanks for watching everybody, go get some ice cream cream or something. It's a nice day.